Ignite Your Influence Podcast. Ignite Your Influence Podcast. That's my new jingle. I just made it up. Uh, hey, we're here. <laughs> it's Anne Bonnie here with you on Ignite Your Influence Podcast, being silly as always. And we're here to talk about something that I think will make you groan. Email. Don't, don't, don't. How many times do we fire off an email? Hey, need that report by Friday. Thanks, Anne. And that's the tone. And yet the person who read it is having a really bad hair day, just spilled her coffee in her lap, and reads it, Hey, need that report? Friday. Thanks. Anne. And suddenly we're in a fight. And then how about this one? You get on somebody's email list, and then you don't hear from them until they're selling something. Mm-hmm. So in today's episode, we're going to talk to Leanne Webster. She is awesome. Ton of fun. Which, hey, by the way, that's the question you just asked. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, funny you would answer that one. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but you know you, you know, this I is know, your show. You're the guest. It's all you. I'm taking my own, you know, my own way. <laughs> um. <laughs> and an email expert. We are going to talk about emailing with heart, which is an acronym for her strategy to make sure that your emails are landing and that you're effectively sending emails that people want to read and that are building your relationship with them rather than breaking them down. So there's tons of great tips in this episode. So I'm not going to keep talking. I'm going to let you listen to Leanne. Episode 147. Thanks so much for being here, y'all. All right. So welcome to Ignite Your Influence podcast. This week, we have email marketing expert and the creator of Email with Heart, Leanne Webster out of Chicago. How you doing, Leanne? I am awesome. I'm so super excited to be here. I just, yay. <laughs> well, me too, because, you know, email is one of those things that we all have to do all the time. And yeah. we know that every time we communicate, we're either improving or not improving the relationships that we have. And so being able to figure out how do we email with heart? How do we, you know, email the right way so that we can build those relationships? It's really important. So yeah. um, first of all, how did you get into this? I don't know if I know this story. <laughs> well, you know, I usually say as a small child, I really want wanted to be an email marketing expert. It was all I dreamed about. <laughs> was there email when you were a small child? No. no. <laughs> I don't want to call you out on that, but I'm like, I, I think she's my yeah, age. Yeah, I know. No. no, but I do think it would be funny to like, I kind of want to Photoshop like a, a picture of me as a kid with like the building blocks, right? And have one with like an at sign. Like yeah. I think that'd be really funny to, to do. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. I digress. Um, <laughs> You know, like all good stories, it was totally by accident. Um, the so I first learned the power of email marketing in my first official um, entrepreneurial venture, which was speed dating. You know this about me that I was that I did know. Okay, so I had the largest speed dating company in Southern California, and I was the first person to do speed dating outside of the Jewish community. And in that business, I amassed an email list of twenty thousand subscribers, all organically. Um, all through press, all through everything. And, um, and so I, I really understood the power of email because of that experience, because we would send out an email and our events would fill up and, and it was amazing. And that's really all the marketing that we did was that email list. Wow. Um, so fast forward 10 years ago when I started my current business and I knew that obviously I wanted to build an email list because I had that experience. And so the original version of the business was called Busy Girl's Guide to Running. It was to be a motivational coach for women runners. 
And so I created this lead magnet and I, I, you know, and I was like, I get put my email list. And so then I kept going out marketing and people would come up and say, Hey, um, yeah, I really love your, I, I went on your website. I love how you enter your name and your email and you get that video series. Can you show me how to do that? And I was like, Oh, sure. And so after a year, I organically had all these business clients, no running clients, by the way, way, <laughs> paying me for the running, but, um, but I had all these business clients. And so I was like, well, I don't care. I'm not attached to, you know, what I'm doing with people. I just really want to serve people and serve the kind of you know, greater good for lack of a better way to put it. But you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And so I switched it to busy girls guide to business, which evolved into email with heart, but I really focused in on that lead magnet email series. And then that has just that with 20 years of marketing and business development experience and like all of my communication background has helped me to hone in on not only the, the like practicality of the email, but really the intention and the energy behind the email. And that's where we're at today. All right. I love it. And I attended your retreat where, which really helped me build my lead magnet and understand. Cause I was like, I don't want to email people. Everybody gets yeah. a million emails. I don't want And you really talked me into understanding how as I'm trying to build my audience and, and continue to influence people beyond the platform when I you know, speak to audiences, you really help me understand how email still is a valid marketing tool. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's the first of all, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not dead. Um, the thing with email, the thing I always uh, like to start with is if we think about our inboxes, which I know are full, I know they're full. Not mine. I, I like keep good. I have good email hygiene. Well, I mean, just because you delete them all doesn't make it. Like- oh, that doesn't okay. that doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Marie Kondo taught me to get rid of everything that does not spark joy. That's right. <laughs> but, but actually, there are some that this is going to be my point. There are some that spark joy in there. So there are emails in there in everyone's inbox right at this moment that are not client related and they're not, you know, the Amazon order confirmation, you know, they're not things that like you have to quote unquote open yet you do. And it's like, why do you open those emails? I mean, why? And so what I, I ask that question when I speak and, um, and the feedback that I get is it's someone that I like, I know there's going to be value in there. It's someone that I'm curious what they're doing. It's someone who always tells me something that's interesting and that helps me in my business or in my life. So if there's value and it's someone you basically know, like, and trust are, are the factors that it comes down to. When those factors are aligned, those emails get open. And so the whole question is, how do we then align ourselves as producers of email and producers of content? How do we align ourselves so that we are properly getting people on our list and then honoring them once they're already on there? Well, and it's, and it's interesting. And this is one of the things that I really strive to do when I send my email, I make it short, I make it informative. I give them value. I'm not always saying buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. Um, but I also do that with my just regular person to person emails. Yeah. Um, I make sure that there's something in there that's either funny or pleasant or polite. Um, just adding that fluff makes, you know, and somebody once told me, she goes, it was somebody that worked for me. So she kind of had to read my emails, but she said, I can't wait to read your emails. Cause there's something in there that's going to make me laugh out loud. So even yeah. when it's a long email, I read the whole thing because inevitably there's something in there that makes me smile or gives me some value. I love, um, I love so- it. You bring up such a great point because sometimes when people have, you know, generally what I talk about is this, you know, email list, right? Your list of subscribers and that you're sending broadcast messages to and things like that. And 
there really shouldn't be that much of a difference between that list and how you would email someone one-on-one. Meaning it's not like, oh, if I'm emailing you one-on-one, like, like we wouldn't one-on-one email each other and just try to sell, right? Like I, I would never one-on-one message to someone and be like, hey, I've got this great product and you really need to go buy it. Like that would be weird. That would be super weird. So why do you think that it's okay to do that to 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 people? That's just bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, there's, there's not, there are differences and the principles that I talk about can be applied for if you're mailing one or a million. Yeah. Talk to me about the whole statistics between email and social media, because that was what really convinced me. <laughs> it's um I don't have my stats right in front of me. Do I have them? Right? <gasps> I do. Are you ready? Hold on. I got it. Ah. Even more impressive than that, I have them right in front of me. Oh my god, look at you. What? Oh my god. All right. I'm very duly noted. Gold <laughs> star. You know, gold I know star. Gold star. Gold star. The okay, so here's the thing. Um I do get a lot of, I do hear people often say, you know, well, you know, I've got my social media presence and, you know, that works. And I think that social media gives you a false sense of your audience. You know, I, I'll just use myself as an example. I've got, you know, 2,300 followers or likes or whatever on my business page. And I'll notice when I post something on there, sometimes only 20 people see it. Sometimes 200 people see it. Sometimes a bunch of people like Sometimes, you know, quite frankly, only a few people like it Um, because the challenge with social media is you don't own that platform and and the social media platforms are designed to make money by charging you to get in front of your audience. So you as the user of a social media platform, you're the you're the product in that scenario. And it's it's not it's just not designed to give you free access to everyone that you want to get access to. So keep that in mind. With all that in mind, um, this, the key stats that we're talking about, there's three that I really like to talk about. One is first online check of the day. So what do people do right when they get up? First thing, 58% email, 11% Facebook. Um, my stats, by the way, are related to Facebook. Um, I don't have corresponding for all the platforms, but I think Facebook's a pretty well used, a pretty good barometer, I mm-hmm. think, of social. Um, next, prefer for permission-based promotion, 77% email, 4% Facebook, which is huge. So, so what does that mean, permission-based? That means um, where, so in email, it's where you've opted into the list, you know, yeah. you permissively said, I'm, I'm going to opt in and I'm okay with getting sales messages um, versus on, for Facebook, it would be like whether you're, whatever your, your settings are within Facebook you know, for what ads you want to see or what you're okay with having show up for you. Oh, got it. Okay. It's so, and, and what's your preference? So that this is simply saying people would much more prefer to get a marketing message through email than through Facebook. Mm. And then finally made a purchase because of a marketing message, 66% email, 20% Facebook. That I think is one of the giant statistics to really pay attention to because that's saying like, who, what's the action that they actually took? Right. Now, it doesn't mean that people, doesn't mean obviously 20% Facebook, right? It doesn't mean nobody ever buys anything from an ad they see on Facebook or Lord have mercy, Instagram, man, they got my freaking number. I'm like, 
I am buying mm-hmm. all these ads left and right. Um, so it doesn't mean people don't do it. The question is, are they are they doing it in a way that makes sense for you to invest time, money, and energy into that platform? Mm-hmm. And I will say your bang for your buck on all those metrics is on email instead of on social. Right. And you're not competing with everybody else. When you have, when they open your email, all they're seeing is your stuff. You, it's yeah. just you and it's stuff that they want. If, if you're building your list properly, it's what they've, they've signed up and said, yes, I'm interested in you and what you're doing. And I want to know more. I mean, I just had, someone yesterday saying, um, make sure I get invited to all your events because I really like what you do. And I'm like, well, you're already on the list, dude, but okay. Yeah. But, but that's what we want. We want people to be like, Ooh, yeah. What, what's what's going on? Doing? What are they doing? How can I participate? How can I, you know, sign up? Mm-hmm. Plus with email, you own the list. Yes. You own that, that you have control. Yes. No one can get in between you and your email list. So just talking about social media, you know, my friend called it building your house on rented land. I mean, Facebook tomorrow, and, and we've seen this over for those of us who have been on Facebook for more than a couple of years. Like I remember when it first came out and you could do a post and you could reach 80% of your audience organically without paying. Mm-hmm. And then it, Facebook was like, Hey, whoa, no, 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 no. And then now you can probably reach 5% of your audience organically. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to pay for the rest. And tomorrow Mark Zuckerberg could be like, you know what? This has been fun. And we're going to charge for everything like period. Or mm-hmm. I've had, I've seen people, um, get, you know, have their groups, uh, disbanded or, you know, lose access to them. Um, last year, twice, both Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp went down at the same time. They're all owned by the same company now, um, which is another kind of danger. Um, and I knew people who were in the middle of launches. And they couldn't get to their list because they couldn't get to their audience because they were relying on like Facebook ads or other things and the platform just went down mm-hmm. and there's nothing to do about that. Yeah. So, and not saying that social is not a great way to reach your client. Sure. Absolutely. But Absolutely. it did drive home to me the value of having a, a people reading your email. Um, and the fact that, that if you can do it right, they will read your email and you will have them in a much different way than on social media. Totally. totally. Yeah. So what is the way you talk about the sovereign inbox? Mm. And I love that. So what does that mean? I think I feel like the inbox is is a sovereign space, right? I feel like I, as the owner of my inbox, I feel like I should have the right to decide who's going to come into that. Meaning I'm going to opt into email lists that I want to opt into. And, and I, and I'm also feel like I want to also make sure besides on the email front that like, I'm not, for example, added to a WhatsApp group um, without my permission, that I'm not texted to without my permission, that I'm not tagged in the Facebook post without my permission. And I, I, I feel like that my sovereign inbox idea kind of extends to all of those. Mm-hmm. But what I feel like we've really lost somewhere along the way is the, um, how do I say this the right way? It's kind of like comparing it to uh, people who used to knock on your door to sell encyclopedias or like that always felt like an invasion. And so when yes. somebody texts me out of the blue, I feel the same way. I'm like, why are you in my living room? Right. It, well, you know, it's so funny because I used to use that analogy a lot that we have front doors on our house for a reason. And it's so that you don't just show up and there's someone random stranger, like sleeping on your couch that you're like, <laughs> Hey, get out of here. Why are you in here? You know? And, and the other, and the person shouldn't be like, Hey man, like, 
so so just kick people out what do you care like you know like and that's the response that i get a lot of when i have conversations every now and then i have a conversation with somebody who's kind of like yeah leanne you know like you're being a little too like worried about all this stuff i mean i literally had some people tell me somebody tell me one time uh, you know, the number of people you'll piss off by just texting everyone is really small and you can just send them a note to say, sorry. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm behind every person who complains. It's like a hundred people who, who now are completely annoyed by you. They just don't want to say anything because they don't think you care and they don't think that you'll do anything. So it's not just a, like, let them unsubscribe, let them let them opt out, whatever. I shouldn't bear the burden. I shouldn't have to unsubscribe. I shouldn't have to tell you I don't want something. I should be in my sovereign inbox idea. I should be the one who says, yes, you can come in. I shouldn't have to say, no, you need to get out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And taking the responsibility as the communicator to respect that. Um, and it's interesting. I just draw, drew a parallel to interpersonal verbal communication, right? I, or, or just emotional intelligence and the way we interact with other people. I'm not just going to be like, meh, Leanne, you deal with me and you whatever. You, you can just get over it and deal with the way I do this. Right. And if you don't like it, fine, whatever. Like suddenly I'm going to, you're not, I'm going to have really bad relationships all over my life. And it's kind of the same way with email, right? Yes. Yes. I feel like so the, as the receiver, you, you have the right, I think, to keep your inbox sovereign. As the sender, you have, I believe, the responsibility to honor the inbox. Mm -hmm. And so that's my, my sender thing. Is that, and that is to not send the emails to people who haven't you know, requested or opted in, to not text people that you don't have permission to text, to not tag people in that Facebook post. Like It's really on both mm -hmm. sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, because here's the thing, we're we're all senders and receivers of content, all mm -hmm. of us. And I think that we have a responsibility on both sides of that at sign to elevate our game and what we're doing and to really stand for doing it in a way that respects both sides instead mm -hmm. of just saying like, that's kind of spray and pay method, right? Yeah. I'm going to put it out to everybody and their mother. And, you know, if I send an email to a hundred thousand people, maybe 10 people will open it and buy something. And that's okay with me. No, yeah. <laughs> let this not be okay. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's remembering and it's going back to a lot of communication principle that I teach is that every interaction we have either breaks or builds the relationship. Yeah. Every yes. single interaction, even if it's just a, hey, Leanne, are you ready for the podcast interview this afternoon? Yes. I can say, hey, Leanne, I'm looking forward to our podcast interview today. Let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, I'll see you at three. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I love that. I think it's so, you're so dead on in with it. Everything, everything matters. Mm -hmm. Every little thing matters. Um, and, if we, and if you write from that perspective, both in the kind of one-on-one -on -one emails and in those emails that, you know, the broadcast emails that go out to your whole list, if you really take that step back and, and think about your person who you're writing to, why in the hell they should care to get that email, what's it going to do for them, how's it going to help them, and put yourself in that um, point of view before you write any of your messages, yeah. I promise you that the, the results will change drastically. Yeah. Exactly. And it's so important. Even the, even those little stupid emails, we've got to really think about that. It's so easy to fire off because they're on our phone. We're firing off. Yeah, that's fine. You know, and, and, and it's, you know, what does that do to the relationship over the long term? which exactly. ultimately when we're talking about influence, 
Mm-hmm. You know, when we're trying to influence our coworkers, the people that work for us, our boss, somebody that might hire us, somebody we might hire, or yeah. this people who might buy from us, all of the above is, is relevant here. Absolutely. Mm, love it. So why <laughs> did you call your business email with heart? Ah, well, um, heart is an acronym. I called it that because I really wanted to elevate this conversation, exactly what we've been talking about today. I felt like, I feel like too often, especially with regard to email marketing per se, you know, those kind of talking about those building your list and that communication too often the conversation is build the list to any size at any cost Mm. and then pummel people with messages until they break down and buy. And I see this a lot by the quote unquote gurus who teach, you know, I'm going to give you the seven series of emails that will get people to buy and you'll make a hundred thousand dollars on your series of emails. And it's like, oh my God, that is, that may happen. And does it, it really sustain your business long-term? And does that really cause the long-term impact and influence that you want to create out in the world? It's very transactional. Transactional. And the people who are doing that, oftentimes they're burning their list out. So then they're always trying to find a way to add more people to the list because they're frying people on the other side. I've, Mm -hmm. I've, I'm seeing this right now. I've got someone, um, one of my clients is a dating expert. And so, um, so there was this, you know, other dating expert she was kind of following. And so I got on their email list, just watch. Cause, and she was like, man, you're going to go nuts on this email list. And it's true. Cause they keep, they message every day, sometimes two or three times a day. And they keep changing the, um, the from name so that like, so you don't realize it's from the same person all the time. And it's got all these really like terribly like um a pain point driven uh mm. subtitles, you know mm. are you still single and sad like you know all the, and I'm like oh, I'm gonna do a whole video series on it anyway I digress my point is those people are burning out their subscribers right because at some point people are either like they're into it so they go through and start buying or they're like oh my god like quit like you're driving me crazy and then they get off unsubscribe right yeah and, and when people get off then all of a sudden those since those people now need more subscribers. So they're, they're oftentimes the ones who are out there like buying a list or just scraping lists or adding, it's, it's a big giant mill. My approach is completely different. My approach is you, smaller works and more intimate, more boutique. Doesn't mean you can't have a big list. It just means you're gonna grow that organically. So it takes a little bit more time, but it's much more sustainable. And it's it's, building that relationship with your audience instead of, instead of just trying to like, you know, soak as much money out of them as possible so that, you know, you can make your dollar and then move on. It's quantity over quality, or in your case, quality over quantity. Yes. exactly. Yeah. Where you've got people who actually want to hear, get your email. Like they actually want to hear from you. Imagine that. Imagine that. And who, when and you, I get speaking gigs and clients and referrals and all kinds of things off of through my email list. And half the time, I'm not even asking for any of that stuff. It's just that, you know, people are, are, I'm building a relationship with them. And then at one point they're like, oh my God, I'm ready. Or, oh, wow, you'd be great to speak over here. Like I, I just got literally off the last email I sent. Um, there were, I got four responses to our strategy sessions with potential clients. Like I'm, I'm ready. I want to do your workshop. And then one was like, I really want to get you in front of other people. More people need to hear your message. Let's talk about speaking gigs. We can get you like, and another was a referral. Nice. And I didn't ask for any of that in the, in the message. So, um, all right. So that's 
whoo, Lord, that's the long reason for why I called it email was hard. And then the, the H-E-A-R-T spelled out basically my principles for, um, for email marketing. So the H in heart is for how, how people get on your list is exactly what we've been talking about, making sure it's permissive, making sure that um, it's only people who want to opt into your list, to your comp- content. The E in heart is engaging content. And this is where I find a lot of people get um, tripped up because they think that like the emails that they send have got to be like, oh my God, the most amazing piece of content that they've ever written. And it's got to be like, you know, well, sites so coming down the tablets off the mountain, like what? And it doesn't have to be like that at all. It can be, um, it can be, you know, a story. Like I, w- I was just traveling this past week, a couple of days ago, and I came home, power was out in my building. And so I'm, um, if that means I, I live in a high rise that I had to take the stairs instead of taking the elevator. So I could weave a whole story about how things don't often go as you plan. And some, and you got to make sure that you have a good plan B and whether I hated going up those stairs multiple times in the last couple of days, <laughs> you know, I could have been really angry about it. Or I was like, eh, I said, I wanted to get a little bit more exercise. Let's rock and roll. I guess we're doing the stairs now. So I could weave a story about your attitude and how that changes your experience of things. And I could make all of that weave into email or weave into leadership or weave into, you know, insert whatever your topic is. So looking for the things that are happening around you that you can weave into your content to make it relevant to your people is the easiest and fastest way to come up with really good content. Yeah. A is authentic voice. That's just UBU. Like, you know, don't, um, sometimes we get, uh, especially in, when we're talking about those two different kinds of emails, right? The one-on-one emails, sometimes we feel a little bit more like we can happy ourselves, quote unquote. And then, but with the, the email that we're sending to the whole list, we feel like, you know, we, we need to be an expert. I'm going to be an expert in marketing right now. And I'm going to teach you how to do this. And it's like, nah, if that's, if that's you, that's amazing. If that's not you though, which it often isn't, then, you know, or don't write it from that, write it from that perspective of you. That's why people got on your list in the first place. That's why people want to connect with you and want to hear from you. So be the best you that you can be, because that just draws in more people you really want to work with. So, okay. A, okay. R, R is for rhythm. Um, that's being consistent. This oh. is the other thing that I, uh, mistake that I find a lot of people make. <laughs> I, I saw you making a face there, Anne. You guilty, <laughs> guilty of ghosting. I, uh, right. yes, I, I, my name is Anne Bonnie and I ghosted my email list. About yeah. three months. <laughs> that's the two things that people do often they ghost, which is when you, somebody signs up and then like, they never hear from you again. Um, we saw that a lot with COVID when it came out that, you know, all of a sudden it was like, Unghosted. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I was like, I haven't, I bought a pair of shoes from you seven years ago. And now you're telling me what you're doing in your facility. Like what, who are you? I didn't know I was on this list. Um, and the second thing that happens often is that um, people booty call their list. And that's when you only email when you're like selling something suddenly you've got an online course. Now I'm suddenly your best friend and you're going to message me a hundred times about it, trying to get me to buy. And it's like, man, if I would have heard from you in between, you know, a little bit more or gotten some content from you before, I might be really happy to buy your online course, but without that, who cares? And so R for rhythm and T finally is technology, leveraging your technology. And part of that is knowing your numbers. So Mm. is your open rate? Um, 12 to 15%, by the way, is the average open rate. Um, 
So if you can get, I like to stay at 20, 25% or more myself and my clients. Um, and if you're not getting the open rate you want, then look at, you know, what do those subject lines say? Or how do people get on your list? Or, you know, there's a few different diagnostic things I can do with somebody to kind of figure out what's happening with their list um, and why people aren't opening or click through. That's the other one. Or the unsubscribe rate is the final one to really take a look at. And mm. that's the one that hurts. Um, <laughs> it's a sad one. It's a sad one because it feels very like, it feels personal mm-hmm. and wish them well. Cause you'd way rather have somebody unsubscribe from your list and not be that dead weight holding it down than just sit there and not open because the unopens are actually hurting your reputation and your online reputation. It's the easiest way I can describe this. And that hurts your deliverability, which is how many people actually get your message. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got a lot of dead weight, if you've got, you know, you know, 70% of every, it'd be more, right? If 90% of the people that you're emailing to regularly aren't opening those emails, then that is causing you to actually get into less inboxes and more into more spam folders, which means even less people will open your emails. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And that's something that you said you do is you scrub your email list periodically where you say, okay, this person hasn't opened an email in six months. Right. And, and I'm going to give them an opportunity. Hey, I, I noticed you haven't opened an email in six months. I don't want to clog your inbox. If you, if I don't hear from you, I'm going to go ahead and take you off and I wish you well, you know where to find me if you want to get back in touch. Otherwise exactly. click here and we'll, we'll keep you on the list. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's super important. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. And I thought that was a really great strategy again. And I, I if somebody sent me that, I would appreciate the heck out of it. I'd be like, you know what? I haven't been opening these. I don't want them. And I love you. And I might do business with you again. Whereas, you know, I get blasted and, and you know, ghosted and then the booty call and all that. Right. <laughs> I love right. that terminology, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Then I'm going to feel crummy about them. And in fact, I ended up putting on my email list, I put the unsubscribe, you know, cl- link bigger. And the little note under it that says, I made this bigger for you because I want you to be able to find it because if you don't want to be here, I don't want you to be here either. This is a party. You you know, if you don't want to be part of this, then get out of here. Find me later when you're ready. Um, Don't you hate it when, when companies make it hard. I was trying to unsubscribe to a Kohl's email today and God, I, and literally I was in the sunk cost of the time that I had to try to find this link. And I was dead. I was going to find it. I know. <laughs> I almost missed That's, an appointment because I'm like, I gotta get off this list. I, oh, I, that and I hate the when you have to. Um, this is gonna be part of my. I'm gonna ready to start a YouTube series about adventures in email marketing, mm. and it's, I'm gonna be looking at this because I also hate when you have to enter your email in order to unsubscribe. Uh huh. Right, because they think you're not gonna do that. You think it goes to the site and you're unsubscribed, but right. you gotta enter it and click again. Oh yeah, right. no, they're they're oh. tricky. They're tricky, I tell you. Just take me off. Just take me off. (laughs) And again, we're trying to build long-term relationships with people. And so we don't want them to walk. Again, if somebody wants to unsubscribe, great. Cool. You know, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. I don't want you at my party if you're not like going to dance with me. Dancing is fun. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So one last question for you, Leanne. I happen to know that you are also an <laughs> Ironman finisher. Yes, ma'am. Having done an Ironman. So if you had to have one lesson that you learned from doing the Ironman, from completing the Ironman, mm. what would it what would it be? Just one. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> pick your bike shorts carefully. <laughs> pick your no. bike shorts <laughs> carefully. <laughs> 
Okay, which that's which could one. also go to picking your seat at a networking event carefully right, and being right. strategic about, you know, where you're <laughs> sitting. But I think that, you know, we're more talking about chafing. So go ahead right, with another right. one. I'll give um, you two. The, um, the, the biggest lesson that I have from Ironman is, and I know this is their damn slogan, but it's the slogan for a reason. It's truly that anything is, is possible and that you define what's possible. And I say that because I think, I think, you know, the story that I, the first time I attempted Ironman, I didn't finish. Um, and I missed the bike cutoff by, um, um, I can't remember by nine minutes oh. or something. I, you know, I, it was not a short amount of time given that I'm on the bike for like eight and a half hours. Well, and just for those of you who don't know, an Ironman is a two and a half mile swim followed by a 112 mile bike and then a marathon all yeah. in the same day in a row. Like you don't get to sleep in between those though. You can't no, yeah. eat pizza, but that was yeah. my Ironman experience. <laughs> so anything's possible. It's so true. Yeah. And then what I, so what I learned is I didn't finish the first time and then I went back. And the second time I, um, I made the bike cut off by 19 seconds. Ooh. And um, yeah, it was absolute mayhem. And the, um, but, but through that whole process, what I realized was, you know, there was a point when I first started running, when I thought a marathon seemed crazy. And I literally remember telling my friends one day, I was like, you think a marathon's crazy? You ever heard about this thing called an Ironman? And like, I told them, I go, that's just stupid. Who would even try that? And so to go from that's dumb, who would try it to, you know, being in, you know what it's like being in the water in the morning and, and, and they go, who's going to be an Ironman? And you're like, I am. And then, ah, and then ideally hours later, many hours later, you're crossing that finish line and Mike Riley's calling out your name. And so to go from this is dumb to actually doing it, like literally blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And it made me say, where else am I telling myself that something is not possible when it actually is? And it's just my frame of mind that will make the difference for me actually being able to do it. Mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Leanne, thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you, find out more about your retreats and your programs. How do they get in touch with you? Um, you can, I'm going to give you the easy way. Go to emailwithheart.com. That'll take you to my main website. Um, you can get my email with heart assessment on there. It'll walk you through um, 32 points. Uh, so you can sort out where you're at with your email, where you need to focus your attention. It tells you about me, my services, you know, all of that. Yeah. Nice. All right. I'll put that in the show notes and make sure everybody has that. Leon, thank you so much for your time today and an thank awesome you. conversation about something that's super important, but we don't think about strategically very often. So thank you so, so much. So true. Thanks, sister. <laughs> And there you have it, episode 146 of Ignite Your Influence podcast, email. We are emailing so much, so make sure you're being strategic. Read your emails again. If it's to one person or to a giant email list, it doesn't matter. Say, what does this do to the relationship with this person, to my ability to influence them, to my ability to collaborate with them in the future, to their desire to read my email? <laughs> I mean, because... Let's be honest, there are some people that we just delete their email. So think about that. Think about how you're using email strategically to build that influence over time. Because most of our relationships are not transactional. They are better than transactional. Yeah. So, um, and then on another note, Leanne is launching her book in a, in a week or and a half here, or two weeks, September 8th, her book, Email Marketing Mastery, 
52 tips to build, grow, and nurture your email list. That is launching on September 8th. If you want to go to a live book launch in Chicago, uh, I'll put the link to the book in the um, show notes as well. So you can get that. You can find out where you can go and get that book, or you can just get it online and get some more information about Leanne and how she can help you improve your email. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. Appreciate your time and appreciate you working on yourself to improve your influence. Because ultimately, when we're able to positively influence the people around us, they then have a better experience with life. They're nicer to the people around them. And ultimately, the world is a better place. So thanks for being here. And thanks for making the world a better place. If you want to join my email list, because, you know, we're talking about email here, I will put that in the show notes as well. Make sure you jump in and get my Influence Igniting Energizer that comes at the middle of every week. All right, have a great day. I'll see you next week.